1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. Today, I'm answering a couple of questions that are very similar, and they're about dealing with anger in young children. In both these cases, both of the children are five-year-old boys, so I'm going to read both of the questions first before going into the answer. The second question is more involved, so after giving some tips on dealing with the anger to help both of these parents work with their boys on that, I will then delve deeper into the issues in the second question. But first, Jamie writes, Hi Erin, I love your podcast and I look forward to listening to it every week. My son is five and over the course of the past several months, he is displaying more and more angry behavior. It ranges from crying when he doesn't get a snack he wants to blowing up and hitting kicking at the wall. I would love your advice. I should add he displays these behaviors at home 99% of the time. I feel like I'm not alone in this as I have had other friends whose five-year-olds are acting out in some way as well. Thanks for your help. And Jamie, no, you're not alone. This is very common. And I'm glad to see he's kicking the wall and not a person. So that's a really solid sign. Also, that it is more common for kids to act out more at home rather than at school because they're more comfortable in their home environment and with their family than they are around their friends in school. So they're able to contain their emotions. Uh, usually more at school and in those situations. So it tells me that he does have some ability to control this. It's just when he's home, he's more relaxed. Also, maybe some of this is happening more at the end of the day when he's more tired. So very common. But first, I'm going to read the next question, also a mom dealing with anger, before I talk about some ways of helping kids work through anger. The second question is from Genterica, who says, My son is five years old and soon to be six. He has an anger problem. I try talking with him, making eye contact so that he knows that I'm very serious, but he just zones me out. I'm a single parent, full-time college student. I have a part-time job and a full-time parent. It's stressful at times, but I manage somehow. I do get depressed and stressed out with the load that I carry daily, but I manage to keep pushing through each day. But raising a son is not as easy as I thought it would be. Lately, my son has been acting out in class, hitting girls, talking out of turn, and recently performed an act of bad touching in class. I've had these talks with him more often than usual, but sometimes he just seems to forget even after he repeats the rules back to me if asked. I'm up to my head with how to deal with certain things he says and does with this being my senior year, and stress and depression doesn't compare anymore to what I'm feeling. What should I do? So again, I'll discuss ways to work with kids on helping them deal better with anger. first, then I'll get deeper into some things to help you, specifically Genterica, work to get some relief from all of this stress that you're under. And any other overwhelmed parents out there that can certainly relate can learn and apply these tips in their own family life as well. First, I want to talk about anger as an emotion. What is it, and what is it for? Anger is a natural, albeit at times annoying, emotion. Scientists say that it evolved as a way of surviving and protecting ourselves from threat or another person's wrongdoing. So think about that mama bear instinct, right? Now I'm one of the most mild-mannered people you'll meet. I'm kind, I'm cordial, I'm giving, I let people in line in front of me, but mess with my kid, watch out. Now, of course, there is a spectrum to anger, ranging from a mild annoyance and irritation to outright rage. Sometimes our anger is fully warranted and legitimate, as is the reaction. But many times it is not. Now, we all know it well. It seems to come on at a moment's notice. Something happens that ticks us off, and it's like a fire that catches good kindling. And bam, we feel it spread through our body. The difference between most adults or adults who have developed their emotional intelligence, because let's be honest, we all know at least one adult who has not, or adults on varying levels of the scale of being able to handle their emotions well. As we age, the goal is to learn to tap into the feeling, look at the situation before reacting. As parents, our job is to help our kids learn this skill. In the Peaceful Parenting Part 2 class, I talk about stimulus and response and how for us as parents, when we get upset and react, what we need to work on is adding space between the stimulus and our response to it. So for instance, when we walk into the room where the kids are playing and we've been working on our dishes and dinner and lunches and... You ask them to clean up and get ready for dinner, and not a single toy has been picked up. And actually, it may even look worse than the first time you came in. What do you do in that moment? How do you put space between noticing the situation and responding to it? This is what we're working on teaching our kids to do, to put space between the stimulus that makes them angry and their response to it. We aren't going to teach them to not get angry because it's a normal emotion, a normal response to feeling threatened or disregarded or disrespected. But we are going to teach them to put space in there. When we make space, then we create an opportunity to make a conscious choice rather than to react. This takes practice. We adults still work to be mindful of this at times. So it will take some dedication on our part to help teach this skill to our children. So let's think about this from our kids' perspective. What makes kids angry? Like moderately to severely angry, not just the irritated. It's usually a perceived threat of some sort, usually a toy that someone has taken or is playing with that they want, someone taking another resource that they value, a long turn at something fun, another child going out of turn, another one getting something more, better, or longer, or someone breaks something that belongs to them. Sometimes it's when someone hurts them physically or emotionally through criticism or even some downright meanness. If you have more than one child, you also have noticed there's different things that will trigger each child differently and that some children are slower to anger than others. Now, my twin son is quick to anger and always has been. Now, he's the most mild-mannered kid, but he gets extremely upset when he feels he's being treated unfairly in a game or play or some other thing. Now, luckily, he stopped reacting physically quite a while ago, so we got that under control. But even just last night, I had to come running into the living room as he was yelling at the top of his lungs in his voice of rage at his brother over a game they were playing together that he felt his brother wasn't playing fairly. So I had to talk him down, and I'll get into how I did that in a moment. If you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, you've probably heard me talk about dealing with temper tantrums by now. So helping children deal with anger has some similarity to helping kids work through tantrums because moderate to extreme anger is a very strong emotion that triggers that amygdala in our fight or flight response system. And in this case, the fight part of the system to be exact. When your child is angry, first help your child recognize the emotion anywhere along the scale. Irritation, frustration, anger, rage. I can see you're very angry right now. Ask them to tell you about why he or she is angry, but without any agenda. When your child is angry, although not completely locked into their limbic brain like they are with a tantrum, they're still predominantly operating out of that emotional brain. So you need to help him or her calm down. In order to calm down, your child needs to feel heard, like someone cares about his or her experience. You've probably heard about or even experienced someone telling someone or you to calm down when they're angry or when you're angry. That's not helpful at all. What's the common response? Don't tell me to calm down. It comes across as patronizing, as minimizing of the person's feelings and experience. So you want to ask, tell me, why are you feeling so angry? Give your child ample opportunity to share. If there's more than one child in the situation, many times the angry child is upset about something the other child did or said. Now, this was our instance last night that I started to describe earlier. Chandler was so angry. He was yelling as loud as he could and was physically shaking. When I heard the yelling, I knew I needed to get in there right away because these two were not going to be able to solve this on their own. Chandler was angry about the way Carter was playing a game. Now, this was a game they had made up together with blocks and army men, and so there were no absolute rules to follow. And obviously, the rules that they had set up meant something different to each of them. So I asked Chandler to explain why he was feeling so angry. As soon as he gets a few sentences out, his older brother chimes in to defend himself. Now, of course, he's feeling mad too because he feels like he's being blamed. But in this case, I needed to let Carter know that he needs to let Chandler finish speaking and that he will get his turn in a minute. After Chandler got to share his frustration, he calmed down. Carter got a chance to speak and we worked together on the rules of the game, where the misunderstanding was, what they needed to fix, so they both understood and agreed to the rules. As we discussed it, they both ended up laughing together. So I'll cover these steps again. Label the emotion for your child. I can see that you're angry. You can add a reason or embellish any details that you notice if you would like. I see you're angry with your brother right now or I can see that you're angry at me for not letting you stay up any later. Step two, ask about your child's feelings and their experience even if you know why. Tell me why you feel angry and let your child fully express their reasons without jumping in or an agenda to share why they can't do whatever it is they want to do. Just listen. This way, you can respond to the concern or concerns. Step three if the reaction was out of line or could use some work, things like hitting or knocking over someone's toys or throwing a toy, yelling too loudly, whatever, then you can address that piece after the child is completely calm and feels heard. You would say something like, it's okay to get angry, we all get angry, but you need to find a different way of letting your brother know you are angry rather than knocking over his blocks. Let's think of some other ways you could let him know you're angry. If you've coached your child before, he or she may be able to come up with some options. Reiterate those or share some if your child doesn't have any answers and coach you would say something like, So the next time you get angry with your brother, or you feel like hitting him or knocking over his building, or whatever the behavior was, what are you going to do instead? This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple make the best formula in the world using the latest in breast milk science. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 to casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about Byheart? Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheartcom slash podcast with the code PARENTING for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Also, you get to decide what is acceptable in your family for expression of anger and what your expectations are. Now, your expectations will most likely change for your children as they age. An angry four-year-old may be allowed to stomp around and yell, I'm so angry, while your 12-year-old, you most likely want to work with him or her if he or she still has to stomp around and yell loudly. Some families don't allow a child to slam a door or yell at all. For others, these things are okay, and there's no right answer. The only thing that I would say for sure is that anything that is potentially damaging to a person or property is unacceptable at any age. This means any physical response, such as kicking, hitting, biting, etc. Also, anything said or done that's meant to hurt another person, like name-calling, belittling, pointing out flaws of another person, or anything that damages property, such as knocking down another person's building artwork or creation, throwing toys or other objects that could break or damage whatever they hit. These reactions are always unacceptable. If you're having a lot of issues with this type of reaction, you can go back and listen to any of the episodes on tantrums, like episode number three, or any of the episodes where I talk about dealing with hitting or aggression, such as episode 35, 48, or 64. You also can see the discipline classes on the website, which help to teach children better behavior and choices overall, starting with the Intro to Discipline class for a solid background about discipline philosophies and their outcomes, as well as the Discipline Tools series. We have one for toddlers, preschoolers, and elementary-age children, and these all teach the age-appropriate tools for raising cooperative, independent kids that make better decisions. And they're all on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the Discipline section. Now, when it comes to, I'm going to go back to this, to the things such as stomping or slamming doors, these are a bit more vague and are up to you what you consider acceptable in your home or not. For me, I don't take issue with it, especially with my kids who are still 8 and under, although I only have one. Who tends to stomp and slam the door? I remember one time, this is our daughter. She got all bent out of shape about me putting my foot down about something or other. And she stomped as hard as she could up the stairs. Boom, boom, boom. Down the hallway, we could hear her all the way down the kitchen. And then she slammed her bedroom door. Now she's six. And my husband was starting to fume. I made a comment about how fun of a teenager she's going to be. He was ready to go up and well, basically escalate the situation. I actually thought it was kind of funny in a way, and I just laughed it off. For me, she didn't hurt anything or anyone. Now, when she's 13, I'll still let her go and wait for her to calm down. I'm not gonna go in and try to address it when she's still upset. It will only make it worse. But then later, after she's calmed down, I will sit and discuss with her some better ways of getting out her frustration than slamming her door if there's still something she's doing when she's 13. Now, it's very rare. I think she's done it twice, but, you know, it could happen, and those teenage years can be tumultuous, so we will see. Also, keep in mind that your child's mood can affect their ability to handle emotions, just like us adults. Is your child tired, hungry, stressed? If these are concerns or problems that are common, figure out how to get these addressed. And this will help the job in working with your child's emotions much easier. They will be much more even. We all get more reactionary when we're tired or stressed or hungry. If these are particular issues in your house, I have classes on sleep and bedtimes for toddlers and beyond, also for infants, but your infants aren't going to be expressing too much anger at any point as well as two classes on mealtimes, one for infants and toddlers and the other for preschoolers and up. The temperament class also addresses helping children with different temperament types and sensitivities on their own terms. And then, of course, the tantrums class, in addition to giving tools for working with helping kids manage tough emotions, also addresses areas of how to address issues with sleep and how to make sure kids don't get too hungry or too tired throughout the day. These tips apply to reducing instances of any of these reactionary responses from tantrums to meltdowns to anger and frustration. Again, all of them are available on the site, yourvillageonline.com. Okay, now I'm going to take the rest of the time to focus on the part of Jen question about feeling overwhelmed, which is leading to entirely too much stress and depression. So, and I hope I'm saying your name right. I apologize if I'm not, but Genterica, you have gotten yourself into a negative self feeding cycle, so it'd be really helpful to figure out the best place to break out of it. There are a couple of different places to work on to break this cycle, and you can choose one or both, but you need to figure out which of these two areas feels easiest or better for you. both would be would be great, but it might be a bit much for you to bite off right now with everything else you have going on in your life but do what you can when we are in a negative cycle it feeds on itself so It's very common for our kids to feed off of us. And what I mean by this is when we are stressed, tired, sick, anxious, depressed, our kids pick up on this and this tends to affect them negatively. They react many times by acting out. And the more anxious and stressed and depressed that we get, the more they act out. So I'm going to give you a couple of areas and a couple of ways to start to break out of that cycle. You have a lot on your plate with raising your son as a single parent, trying to finish up school, working, but do the best you can. The two areas you can look at working on are focusing on your son's behavior to relieve some of your stress and or ways to relieve your own stress so that it will have less of an effect on him. So to gain some support for yourself, sit down and make a list of any and all help available to you. Almost every university has free or very low-fee counseling services. There also may even be a support group for single parents, and you might meet other single parents in there that you can even just go to the park with and sit and chat and talk about your struggles. That alone could be enough to just take some stress off. Think about any friends or relatives you could start to call on to relieve you on occasion. Even a few hours a week can make a huge difference. Because your biggest job is to take care of you. If you get sick or so burnt out that you have nothing left to give, everyone suffers. Can you talk with your professors when the load gets too intense and get some things spread out a little bit like tests or assignments? Think of any and every way you can to get any extra support, including community support. Most communities have resources for single parents needing help also. Your school counseling center may even be able to help and know what these resources are and hand those off to you. If you belong to a religious organization, many times they have programs, or if not something formal, they are often more than willing to pool resources to support those who need it. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. It takes strength to reach out for help, it's not a weakness by any means. So I gave you some steps for working on his anger earlier, but also work on some positive discipline. So here are just a couple of tips on some places to start with him. First, focus on the positive. This should always be the first step in turning around children's behavior problems. When you see him doing something you like, tell him. You went to your room to get ready for bed when I asked. That was very helpful. Or, thank you for being so accepting when I told you we couldn't go to the park today. Or, you got your shoes on without me even reminding you. That is being very independent. When you describe his behavior and label it, it lets him know what you like to see. He then starts to see himself as those things, accepting, helpful, and independent. And he will start to do more and more of those things that fall into those categories because he knows That is what you like to see from him and how he starts to see himself. Another way to work on the positive is to use positive directions. This means rather than saying no, don't, or stop, figure out how to tell your child what to do. So instead of don't drop your backpack on the floor, you would say, please empty your backpack and hang it up in the closet. Rather than don't put your feet on the couch, you could say, please put your feet down It lets kids know exactly what you want and gives them instruction on what to do rather than what not to do. So they might be thinking, if I don't put my backpack on the floor, then what do I do with it, right? But we've given exact instructions on what to do. It gives them a place to focus rather than trying to decode and figure out what else to do instead of what we don't want them to do. If you decide you do want to do more positive discipline or for anyone else who wants to have the entire set of tools for helping kids make better choices and become more independent and helpful and cooperative, you can see the discipline classes on the website, yourvillageonline.com, obviously under the discipline section. If you have a parenting question you would like answered, please send it to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.